0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is totally not working because I'm on a Zoom with a client and you're cooking eggs in the background and they can see you and they're like asking about you. And that's weird, you know.
2: I'm Samantha Barry, the editor-in-chief of Glamour, and this is She Makes Money Moves. In 2020, coronavirus shut down offices around the world. Trains, flights, buses and ferries have been cancelled. Even public transport within Wuhan has ground to a halt.
1: Good evening, we start tonight with the unprecedented measures being enforced right across Italy to try to limit the spread of coronavirus.
2: Now, we're here at
0: the airport, which is normally the busiest airport in the whole of Latin America, with 50 million passengers every year. Right now, it is virtually deserted.
1: For a business that can allow more employees to telecommute, we want you to do that.
2: By May of 2020, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that about 35% of US workers were working remotely because of COVID. Many of those people found themselves working in bedrooms, on the living room floor, or even from closets. And those arrangements got even trickier when there were roommates, pets, partners, and children involved. Today's guest has worked from home since May of 2019 when she was hired by a company that was 100% remote.
1: Hi, my name is Anne-Marie Pisano. I'm the executive producer at a feminist comms agency based in Brooklyn and Massachusetts.
2: She and her husband shared a one-bedroom apartment, but he commuted to an office job, so she was able to set up a home office space and settle into a routine. She also had access to a co-working space, and she made sure to schedule time outside of the apartment. So I would say, previous to the pandemic, I was probably
1: out doing something one to two days a week. Honestly, I, my favorite thing was just to go to a coffee shop and be one of those like people on the laptop in the coffee shop for a while. And that was really fun, and I loved it.
2: Of course, the pandemic upended both her home and her
1: routine. So obviously, that became untenable pretty quickly. It was just, we were just there, you know, all day, can't really go anywhere.
2: When her husband's company moved to a work-from-home model in March of 2020, they both assumed the arrangement would be temporary.
1: We really just didn't have the right space for two people to be working. Like, there was probably enough square footage in the apartment for two people to work. We were in the same room and... He works in a quiet job where he's focusing intently most of the day. And I work in a talking job where I'm on calls and usually on speakerphone and on Zoom for most of the day. It's impossible to do that in the same place. And we definitely learned that we can't do this long
2: term. When they found out Anne-Marie was pregnant that August, they knew they had to move. And they knew they needed an apartment with space enough for each of them to work.
1: We actually both said when we were looking for apartments... We absolutely, when we were thinking about how we were going to lay out our apartments, thought about what our workspaces would look like. But we also need to make sure that we're in different rooms. It's got a door, you know, between the two places that we're going to be. And this is going to be your space and this is going to be my space. And we knew that before we signed the lease because we were very like, we want to do this right and not have the same like stuff that we have now.
2: More She Makes Money Moves right after this quick break. I'm Samantha Barry. Welcome back to She Makes Money Moves. Of course, having a baby changed more than just their real estate. Anne-Marie and her husband welcomed a son in April. Following three months of parental leave, she returned to working from home full-time in July. As of this recording, her husband is still working from home too. For the first few months of their son's life, they relied on their parents for childcare. You know, having a kid, it's like...
1: He's here all the time and like maybe I'm not his primary caretaker while I'm working because someone else is here to do that. And we're so glad that they are. Thank you. But you can see the baby in the background and you're like, oh, I'm working, but you can't help
2: reacting and hearing it in the background. So starting in September, Anne-Marie and her husband decided to send their son to daycare, which was a big change financially.
1: When they say babies are expensive, listen, because it's true. Daycare is as expensive as you think it is and more.
2: Since she stopped working in an office job, Anne-Marie has spent less on transportation and less on lunch. You know, I stopped spending $17 on a salad. But she thinks she's missing out on more ways to save, particularly on her
1: taxes. You know, one thing that people do talk about is this, like, mythical home office exemption on your taxes. And I would love to hear from an expert, like... You know, a lot of people are like, well, it does exist, but not really if you're at your table or not really if that space could be used in a different way or, you know, you're reusing space that's not really meant for that.
2: She's also wondering if companies opt to go 100% remote, if people who work from home will see any of the money their employers are saving. If companies are
1: happy to go remote because it's less expensive for them, they don't have to maintain a space, you know, it makes operations cheaper you know they are kind of passing on those costs to the employees so like are we going to have a conversation about what that means for employees
2: and she'd like to know if the covid rules for working from home will still apply when offices start opening up what
1: should your space look like is it okay to just have your normal messy living room in the background how much can your company ask of you in terms of what your space looks like if they're getting a deal by you working from home
2: help us get some answers, let's welcome today's expert, Shelly Bell.
0: Hi, I'm Shelly Bell. I'm the founder and CEO of Black Girl Ventures. We work to create access to capital, capacity, and community for Black and brown women founders. We focus on these areas because we believe that they are the foundation to creating generational wealth and helping Black and brown women grow and sustain their businesses.
2: Thank you so much for joining us, Shelly.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: So let's get into this. There's so much to unpack with Anne-Marie's story. One is that the challenge of going remote versus going back to the office. A lot of people are dealing with that now, and they're trying to weigh up their options. The second is childcare, which is something that has come up over and over again here on She Makes Money Moves. And the third is the financial implication of going freelance versus being a full-time employee. So let's start with the working from home. I think it got a lot harder than people anticipated.
0: It's a battle, for sure. Now having to kind of manage your kids and your job all in one space, if you have children out there, or managing just mental health. when, it, Like, what's the go-to-work experience, right? Like, nobody bakes in commute time. I need commute time from my couch to my desk.
2: That demarcation, I think, was so important. And a lot of us lost that. My default demarcation while working from home was... You know, ending the working day to the evening with a glass of wine that I poured, that's not the healthiest kind of commute either, is it? But that's what happened to a lot of us, right? And like, how do I say what the end of the day was, especially when you're there in in your kitchen working? I changed it up and I started going for a walk around the block just to kind of change that energy. And I found that that walk around the block was a good signal to the end of the day. And it was a much less expensive commute. I do think many people's cost of living went down, right?
0: I'm hearing that the the commute the money from the commute was not only just the gas, but it was the food. It was the the cost of time, right? And so I think that we're seeing people cook more because now they're managing their time different. So that is a matter of like being able to be off camera and cooking dinner versus having to like come all the way home and then take a pause and then cook dinner. So we're seeing that like the savings have been great, but also the shopping has been great. So I remember being like, oh, my gosh, I have no pictures on the wall. Like, where have I been? <laughs> because I've been traveling so much for speaking that I was like, and so I started doing a bunch of interior decorating. I know people have, who have plants. They're buying more plants.
2: I bought so many plants and I killed them all. So it was not a financial investment that was worthy. Those poor plants did not last. I did a couple of months of trying not to murder plants, and it was not a venture that was successful for me. But uh, it takes us to a grey area Anne-Marie asked about. When you're working from home, what should your employers pay for? Maybe not art or plants, but a proper chair, a proper desk, a standing desk. What what can we ask our employers for, and what can we write off?
0: That's such a great question. I'm so glad you bring this up, Samantha, because these lines that business owners face around, like what can I buy, what can I write off, how much is too much. But there are some general tax rules around, like if you're working in a space, what you can write off for your business.
2: So Amory established an LLC a limited liability corporation before the pandemic. So she might be able to write off more because she was already paid as a business. It's different for someone who works for a company that sent them home, but assumed they'd go back to the office eventually. If those people can't get a tax write-off, what what can they ask their employers for?
0: I'm all about asking your company for a package. Like, hey, this is what it's going to take to make me the best employee. Because if you were in an office, you'd be able to go and expense a new chair. Some companies are allowing you to do some of those things to be more comfortable at home. But in terms of writing it off for your business, it's a really thin line legally.
2: So it sounds there could be a tax write-off here for anne who has an LLC or someone who was freelance before the pandemic.
0: But there is like a percentage. There's a percentage of your light bill that you can do. There's a percentage of space in your home that you can do. So I would advise people to talk to a CPA because those things do exist.
2: That's great advice. So we're recording this over the summer and offices are supposed to be reopening in the fall. Uh, but some of them have already started pushing their opens. If schools are remote or hybrid in the fall, what can working moms do?
0: Unfortunately, women have suffered the most when it comes to the child care challenges, because we are the ones who sacrifice. We're the ones who say, we'll just take it on. We're the ones who who are, are giving up our space for that. If you are going to be working remotely, So if you have people in your neighborhood, you have fellow moms in your building, like how can you work together, especially if your kids all go to the same schools or how can you work in pods? That was a popular thing that a lot of our founders were doing during the pandemic. They were finding moms with similar interests who were all going in to pay, you know, for a nanny or teacher who could sit with, participate with the students. So that's one option.
2: How can women, because I've seen this so much, how can they avoid becoming the default parent When both parents are working from home, it's often the women that take it on, right? The kids climbing on Zoom calls that were super important to work. How do you make sure working remotely or working at home? For a two-parent household, it doesn't come to the detriment of the women.
0: Well, Samantha, if we knew the answer to that, we would have completely alleviated patriarchy, okay? So, like, yeah, let's keep on figuring that one out. But I do think that there are some things that, like, from a media perspective or, like, from a TV perspective, some ways to think about men seeing other men activating differently with their children. I think that, you know, if I'm going to rage against the machine, I would push for advertisers to start showcasing men as caretakers more. Not caretakers that are fumbling and they can't get it right. Not caretakers that are like, oh my God, the kid, the, the child fell off the bed or the, the bottle was left on too long.
2: Right, there are a lot more amazing dads in real life than there are on TV. I also think holding your partner accountable is very important. So if you're both working from home and you don't have childcare and one of you has an important meeting, That meeting goes on both of your calendars. Then one parent can lock the door and take the meeting in peace and the other parent can take the kids uh, and give them their full attention. It's a reasonable solution, but it can be hard for some women to insist on things like that.
0: You have to push back. And that's not always an easy thing to do for anyone because we're so understanding. We want to be the best partners, but you also need that for yourself. Tell me this, going back to Amory's
2: story. She has a young child now and she started to reprioritize her spending. How should she or any other new parents listening, how can they reprioritize their savings?
0: First thing first is to think about what do you actually want? Because the check boxes are there, the ducks are in a row or a circle or however the ducks are duck, duck, goosing.
2: Right, like a lot of couples get married and then they have a baby and then they talk about buying a home because that's what their parents did. But buying a home isn't the right move for everyone. Couples need to talk about what they want to do, not just do what they think they should do.
0: You got to ask yourself and be really clear. And sometimes you have to step back and look at a, a new, like blank canvas, and say, "Okay, here's an opportunity for us to, for me to think about what does my future look like. What, when, what do I want to leave my children?" So I think she's got a lot there to to think about. Where should she be going for insight or advice on that? I think she should consider reading a few reports that come out. Visa does a great job of putting out different reports on the state of women and finances.
2: Great. We can link to those in the show notes.
0: One of the things that's interesting about financial literacy for women is that I feel like there's certain narratives that never come to us, which has to do with not just knowing how to like handle the the 401ks and that kind of thing, but look at the market trends. Read Research And then get engaged. I remember I was listening to a woman where I was on a panel and she said, when it comes to investing, women are receiving 2% of investment dollars from venture capitalists, right?
2: Let's sit with that for a minute. Women got 2.3% of the VC funding in 2020. But when they are invested in, the returns are ultimately so much higher. Their businesses are given less money, but they're earning more for every dollar invested. It's just terrible math.
0: That's right. And they save you money, actually. So if you're an investor and you're investing in a woman of diverse teams, you actually save money in the long run and you make money back. So we know that it's not about the numbers, right? So one of the women is making the comment that, well, if more women would create venture backable or VC kinds of companies and more women would get invested in. I said, you know what? I don't want to make women. Women the problem. So my advice for women out there is thank you for all the places that you have been willing to take all the bullets and, you know, thank you for that. You don't have to be that anymore. You don't have to do that. You absolutely can build the business that you want to build. You absolutely can find the finances that you want to find and to be empowered by that.
2: I think for Anne-Marie and others in her situation, long-term financial planning, that sounds boring, but it's very interesting. If you give it a chance, it can be really satisfying, especially if you're owning your long-term financial plan and and you're having fun with it. So that would be my recommendation. 100%. So when Anne-Marie's husband and other office workers return to offices eventually, how can Anne-Marie keep evolving her career as she continues to work from home?
0: Is such a great question for pe- that people are thinking about. Like, how do I grow? And a relationship building is everything. Relationship building, and so if you, as you're working remote, some ways to build relationship is to think about how you present in some of the live conversations. So even in the chat, like if nobody is talking in the chat and the chat is open for the audience to see, hey, drop your name and what you do. You know, comment on other people's reactions to what's happening in the chat or like add your own thoughts on what's happening in the chat and make it really added value. That's the way to stand out when you're going to some of these virtual conferences, places where you can't see people in person.
2: Because people are making that call between working remotely and going back to the office. I think there's a fear of like, do I get left behind if I'm a remote person? If you're a remote person or one of the few remote people in your company, being the most visible person on Slack or in presentations, that that could be really helpful. Any final pieces of advice?
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is value versus worth. And I think a lot of the narratives right now is like, you're worth it. Go for what you're worth. Well, I mean, I look at it like value is communicating importance and worth is communicating cost. So if you are if you are communicating the importance as aligned with the person you're talking to, they can't they can't deny the cost at all. So I would say, you know, for people, for women out there, as you're thinking about your trajectory, thinking about, you know, where you're going to move in business or in your company. Think about how you add value. Getting things done on a to do list was worth it and it was great. But being able to comprehensively talk about what you learned from that to do list and how you got it done, that is an immense amount of value that is immeasurable. So focus on adding value and not so much getting caught up in the narratives around like what you're worth.
2: For anyone used to working in an office, the transition to working from home was a roller coaster. As the U.S. moves towards an eventual return to the office while navigating variants and vaccine boosters, we have the opportunity to help define what full-time work looks like and where we're sitting when we do it. If your company is weighing its options, don't be afraid to speak up. If you or your co-workers are happy, comfortable and fulfilled, it will be better for you and your company's bottom line. To learn more about what we've talked about in this episode, visit glamour.com money. And if you'd like to share your story, we'd love to hear it and help you make money moves. Email us at money at glamour.com. Thanks for listening and for sharing your story. She Makes Money Moves is a production of Glamour and Wonder Media Network. I'm your host and Glamour's Editor-in-Chief, Samantha Barry. Our Senior Director of Brand Marketing at Glamour is Kim Fusaro. And Editorial Culture Director is Maddie Khan. At Condé Nast Entertainment, our Executive Director of Brand Production is Greg Gordon. And Director of Global Podcast is Nico Steele. Executive Producers are Stacia Jones and Megan Shibona. And Supervising Producer is O'Neill Vargas Estevez. Associate Producer is Sabrina Gadboldu and Senior Production Manager is Sloane Cooper. For Wonder Media Network, Executive Producer is Jenny Kaplan. Lead Producer is Lindsay Credowell. Supervising Producer is Sundus Azan Nuli. Production Manager is Emily Rudder, and Production Assistant is Carmen Borca Carreo. Thank you so much for listening.